In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash. And I'm Mike Bobbitt, and this is Ideal Remake. Welcome to Ideal Remake. I'm Mike Bobbitt. I'm Sam Gash, like we said in the earlier thing. Yep, as you heard before, <laughs> we listened to Rebel Spies. <laughs> we're, we're new at this. This is, yeah. this is number two. So it's, uh, we're, it's training wheels, right? Exactly. What, what's the podcast equivalent of training wheels? Heavy editing? <laughs> I think so. Because <laughs> I think as podcasts progress, they, they edit less and less and less. I hope so. I'm hyper aware of breathing like Darth Vader anytime I start a sentence, particularly one that starts with a vowel. <laughs> and I'm going to try to be aware of the fact that that I start most sentences with, um, <laughs> and not do that as much because out of the last episode, I edited out four hours of me going, <gasps> and, um. <laughs> well, you're going to leave in those because otherwise that sentence is going to lose all context. Nope, yeah. everyone will be confused. <laughs> Great. For my last podcast, what we ended up doing was the first few, like, while we, like, would edit the episode after we recorded it, we hated each other. And it got to a point where it was just like, let's just not. And so we just stopped editing and just put them up raw, uh, just, like, raw footage, whatever, which may or may not have been the best decision. It was one of those things where as people, it made us happier. Uh, given the option, I would prefer to have them edited a little bit. And since you're doing the editing, as much editing as you want to do, Mike, sounds great. <laughs> I seriously spent 10 hours editing the last one you to the did, point yeah. where I never wanted to speak out loud again. Oh no. And I hear my voice a lot because of doing comedy, but for some reason, listening to it on a podcast where you don't have the face. I don't know if it was that or if it was. Allison, tell us what's make, what makes you self conscious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm about to burp. That's making me self conscious right now. Go on. There it goes. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, audience. I'm sure that's exactly what they want to hear. Hey, we're a crazy group of amazing people talking about things that we like. Yeah. Yes. Things that we like are soda. Do you guys like this movie? I love this movie. Uh-huh. Mike? I grew up loving Goonies. I am the same age as all the kids in Goonies. Yeah. So in my mind, I was sort of like One the, of the extra Goonies. Goonie. Yeah. I'm surprised at how it aged. I think it starts up. off so dark. It starts off with what appears to be a suicide. Yeah. It mm -hmm. starts with a suicide. And there's a lot of foul language. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And just the whole penis on the statue. Right? Oh, yeah. Right. Or just, like, shoving knives in little kids' faces. Mm -hmm. like And guns. And guns. I mean, there's a lot of gun stuff, but... I mean, there's a scene where she's, uh, Mama is like, oh, we only make tongue here. And she's, like, squeezing Corey Feldman's face so his tongue sticks out. And then she pulls out a huge knife. Like, it's, it's, it is really dark. Chewy. Chewy <laughs> found Goonies to be very disturbing. Aww. I did, you know, when I saw it the first time, I actually, I didn't like it because I was so young. And I thought that live action movies were for grown-ups and cartoons were for kids. Amazing. So I was like, oh, this movie isn't for me. I left a birthday party to come record today, and we, I mentioned that I was coming to do this podcast, and a couple of my friends know that I do not like Goonies. And apparently, at this birthday party, I was the only one who does not like Goonies. Yeah. So it's possible it's just me, although I know from Facebook that it's not. No. But I don't like this movie. Now, to be fair, I saw it for the first time as an adult. Like, a proper adult. Netflix was happening. They had a DVD system. I got a DVD in the mail and watched Goonies. Mm -hmm. Didn't like it. I think it holds up, though. Here's the thing. I think that when we actually get to the ideal remake part of this podcast, I think we're going to have a tough time because I think 
there are a lot of things in this movie that don't necessarily date them. Like, the movie isn't necessarily dated, which mm-hmm. is which is good, but I don't think it's a good movie. I think maybe the problem you're having with it is that it, it even though it's a dark movie, it's a movie for kids. Like, it's a kid's movie. Oh, I don't doubt that at all. And the darkness isn't even what bothered me, although it was certainly weird. This is what really surprises me about Goonies, is that it came out in 1985, and PG-13 is a thing that apparently came out in 1984? Correct. Which I don't remember because I was 12 in 1984 and I thought I turned 13 on the year that PG-13 became PG-13 as a concept exists because of Indiana Jones. Right. Yeah. But Indiana Jones and the Temple Doom is, at least according to IMDb, listed as a PG movie. Which is strange because I thought that was the first PG-13 movie. I thought Indiana Jones uh, and the... Uh, Temple of Doom. Not the Holy Grail. The first Indiana Jones movie. I thought Raiders that was... Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Isn't that the one that's PG-13? No, no, no. no. no Temple of Doom was supposed to be PG-13 because of all the... like heart eating and spoiler alert spoiler alert right <laughs> so they didn't eat the heart they throw it into fire well yeah but then it, he like holds it and oh well maybe what am i thinking oh Listen, they ate monkey brains that's what they were that's eating right. but they if there's pull. one thing sam and i know it's kalimba right that's what he wanted me to say I right. Think so. <laughs> so yeah, I was surprised at how I was surprised that it was PG thirteen. I think nowadays Goonies would easily be a rated R movie. No, I, just, I do, I do, because of the swearing. Like they swear so much, and because there's like if the movie as it is came out today, yeah, yeah, because like, the swearing, you're the probably swearing, right. and swearing, there's dead bodies. Like you see dead the, bodies, which dead is bodies, the peril. Nuts. Yeah, I think there's because there's dead bodies. I agree. I think it would be rated R. I think you would have a tough time coming out with this movie today. Yes and no, because I feel like, and this is, you're going to see why I say this when I start talking about my ideal cast, but it's very much like Stranger Things, like the way the cast is. Part of the reason Mike didn't want to do this movie is because he just was like, and immediately go, yeah, just cast all the kids in Stranger Things and move on. (laughs) Especially because uh, Andy's friend looks a little bit like Barb. Yeah, that's Martha Plimpton. Okay. Yeah. You know who Martha Plimpton is? Yeah, she was on uh, Raising Hope. Yes. yes. Yeah. She, yeah, she's, she's great. Blo- she's so great. Yeah, I, I love I'm her. not going to stand here and say she's not great because she's obviously amazing. But that's because, and as I was watching the movie, I was thinking the same thing. Because basically it's a bunch of kids who discover an underneath and go explore it. Yeah. Right. So I so assume it's more like what Stranger Things season two is going to be, but still. So let's break down what Goonies is for the person and a half who hasn't seen it. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. For Goonies. the John Travolta who's living in a plastic bubble. I right. bet I could do it pretty quick. Well, Goonies opens, like, because I rented this movie from iTunes, and Mm -hmm. the opening is silent. Well, yeah, because it just looks like there's a person who's committed suicide. No, before that. Like, literally, like, the first... Oh, yeah, like, the credits with the the skull. The opening credits with the skull? Mm -hmm. I was convinced I downloaded, like, a bad thing. I, like, I started and stopped it a couple times, because I was like, Mm -hmm. what's going on? I didn't even realize it was playing, but I saw it ticking forward. And then the skull came forward, I was like, you're starting on a skull? Mm -hmm. I didn't remember starting on a skull. It was intense. The Goonies skull is pretty iconic nowadays. Yeah, it's super iconic yeah. now. And but now it's more cartoonish with, like, yelling. It didn't bother me. I guess maybe because I, I watched it a lot when I was younger. So what happens next? It starts off where, essentially, one of the Fratellis, what's his name? Jake. Jake is broken out of jail by his brother and his mom. And I then... called him Bad Guy Bro. Yeah. <laughs> Francis. Francis. Played by... Joey Pants. Joey Pants. I love Joey Pants. I do no, too. no, I was talking about the one who 
pretending to commit suicide. That gets that back. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. yeah, that's Robert Davy. Yeah, the other one is hair bro. Right. Yes. I don't um, wear a wig. I don't wear a hair... What does he say? I don't wear, wear a hair piece. piece. Yeah. I think that's what he says. I forget. Where did bad guy bro get his fancy clothes? Hmm? Was he in jail in his fancy clothes? Yeah, but I, I think um, it was that he had just been arrested. I don't think he was, like, in prison serving anything. Yeah, it was, like, a little... individual cell. He wasn't in, like, a drunk tank. I yeah, don't but I feel like know he... enough about small-town jails. You think it was, like, a jail versus a prison? It was yeah, definitely a jail. it was a jail. Okay. It was, like, a city... I think he was probably just... Had been arrested for something, you know, where they were like, oh, we got him. We for... got him. And, you know, they were waiting to probably transfer him somewhere. I mean, this is all just... Speculation at this point. So much speculation. So that is one thing that I really like about Goonies, that there is a lot of stuff that, hey, you know what? This isn't really super important to the story. Like, why is Jake Fratelli in jail? I mean, I'm assuming he murdered someone. Or did something. I mean, it's pretty clear they're not good guys. They also do actually kill someone. And the mom having the broken, uh, not uh, Mama Fratelli, but... um, Oh, yeah. uh, The mom having the broken arm. Ricky and Bran's mom. Yeah. Who have like, like she just has a broken Mikey. Arm. Is it Rick? It's, it's not it Mikey's Ricky. mom. Is it Mikey? Mikey and Brand? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Ricky. It's I'm my so name. Stupid. When we get married, <laughs> are you going to say I take you, Ricky? That is so embarrassing. <sighs> I've seen this movie. Well, Allison has more always... than once, and I should know that. Oh my god! Allison has always thought of herself as the Lucy of your relationship. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I had red hair for a minute. When I was a child, I used to write sequels to every movie that I liked, but I would put myself in mm-hmm. the sequel. Amazing. Like there. Or... Beverly Hills Cop 2 had oh a, a precocious kid from the suburbs of Detroit going out to L.A. <laughs> to join Axel Foley. Lost Boys 2 had me joining up with the Frog Brothers. The only reason that I am not in Goonies 2 that I would have written in 1985 is because there was already a Mikey. And for some reason, I never changed my name when I wrote the sequel to you didn't every... didn't change it to Steve Wilson? No. <laughs> he thought that was the coolest name ever. Steve Wilson, really? When I would play when guns with my friend Scott Smith, the hero that I always played and drew in comic books was named Steve Wilson because I could not imagine a name cooler than <laughs> Steve, Steve Wilson. Wilson. Okay. So we can all agree that evil mom is great, right? Like bad guy mom? Absolutely. Oh, like my she, God. She's so fantastic. Anne Ramsey is amazing. She's also not only Mama Fratelli, but she's Mama from I'm Throw Mama. Mama from the Train. She's so specific she's, and fantastic and she's scary. set the stereotype for what that kind of character is right oh yeah because part of the thing because remember i don't like this movie part of the things that i wanted to do out of spite was watch an episode of batman beyond where there where he has to take down like a family and it's mama and it's like mama's like running this criminal like group of like all the little boys and like not little boys they were adults but they're like her children yeah and it's like that's clearly based off of this movie that this is the first time that happened right i would assume so yeah i I mean perhaps not in reality but certainly in uh our fictional world of hollywood well is goonies based on a book goonies is not based on no there was a novelization afterwards. I bet there was. So then we go and we meet... Uh, then we meet... Uh, all the kids. All the kids. One. Yeah, one by one. Great introduction to all the characters. I think that was so very well done where you really got a, an idea of who each kid was. There's a lot of stuff that's really good about the Goonies. I thought that... Yeah. I, I agree. There are a lot of aspects of Goonies that are great. The kids got introduced really well. They basically don't spend any time on exposition, which is pretty good. Yeah, within the first 10 minutes, we meet all of the characters. Mm-hmm. For the most part, we don't meet the rich kids. 
And we don't meet a sloth. Right, we don't meet sloth. Yeah, Although, he's a surprise. Yeah, but he's also just like the walking deus ex machina. You couldn't introduce him earlier in the movie. You just couldn't. It I would agree. Take to, it would take the relationship between him and Chunk. It, it would take all meaning away from it if we already... I agree. You know, making him be mysterious and scary is very smart. Yeah, I mean, he... Ha- it's, it's... I... Again, all the characters are introduced very well, mostly... Uh, and the... Why do you say mostly? Uh, I don't... Just, like, randomly, oh, there's two guys here. We're here with that paperwork. Okay. There's two villains in this movie. There's the villains that we're dealing with the entire movie, and then there's the villains of these people's lives. Right. Which are just, like, at the end of the movie, he literally says, oh, for a moment I thought I was gonna be the richest man in town, but you're not. I'm the richest man in town. And I think we can safely assume that, like, this... You have to sign the paperwork because we're buying your house because of eminent domain, and... No, I I thought it was clear that he was being foreclosed. Is that what it was? Yeah, because that's why they have the jewels at the end. Like, he can finally pay. But here's the thing, like, they say, we're starting with your house, and then we're going to everyone else. Well, yeah, they're probably just trying to pick up this one house, start developing, and then they're slowly just gonna pick everyone else I, I mean, they're pretty sure that like everyone was going to be forced to move. No, 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 no. It, they say in the movie like it's. I mean, yes, all of them are going to move eventually, but this one particular case, their house is being foreclosed on. Right, and if that that that's why the, I found it confusing. If his house is being foreclosed on, that means that he can't pay his mortgage for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Not everyone in the Goondocks mm-hmm. uh, is going to not be able to pay their mortgage, so that you can't foreclose on everybody because uh, presumably some people will be able to. So that's why I felt it was like an eminent domain we're coming in and developing we're kicking everybody out we're just starting with this guy because his house is available the soonest it's sort of like the baywatch movie it is yeah that's sort of what they do in the baywatch movie the recent one yes yeah how was it well it it was not awful but you can tell that multiple people wrote it and Mm. they just kind of frankenstein together a movie that's yeah Some of the stuff was really good, but then you could tell another writing team had a different idea of who the characters were. So in one scene, The Rock is really smart, and the next scene, but overstepping his lines and instead of being a lifeguard acting like a cop, and then in the next scene, he's just kind of dumb. And it's like, well, no, you were smart in the last scene. That's too bad. Yeah. Okay, maybe we needed a little bit more backstory than the movie provides. Yeah, because I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, but, and this may just be my love for it, talking. That's not really the point. The point is the adventure, you know, that they go on. I understand that, but... And they're also... But part of what's going to end up happening with us is we need that point. That's, like, the thing that we're going to be pulling the string from to when we remake it. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know yet. I have a couple of different ideas for remakes that I Ooh. think are going to be different than what you guys have. I'm interested. I think it's okay that it's kind of ambiguous because it's a movie told from the point of view of the kids. Yeah. If it was a movie told from the adult point of view, then maybe we would have more information about what's going on financially with the Walsh family. That I think is a good point. But that's an interesting thing that I need to think about for a second. My next question is, um, be- well, Corey because Feldman if we- is a little shit? Yeah. Yes. Okay, just checking. And you can cut this out uh, if you want, but here's my question. Is making a Michael Jackson joke near Corey Feldman in poor taste. <laughs> I think maybe all of this happened before Corey Feldman was buddies with Michael Jackson. Probably. Oh, nope. I take that back. Michael Jackson visited the set of Goonies. Mm. Interesting. Yes. Creepy. Super creepy. Yeah, that Michael Jackson joke jumped out at me. As a, oh. Yeah, mm. I completely forgot about Michael Jackson doing a set visit until just this moment. He visited the 
pirate ship set at the end. Cool. Nice. Corey Feldman's character is that he's a little shit and can speak Spanish. Like, I was legitimately impressed when he spoke Spanish. I was like, oh, I thought he was just going to be, like, doing the in-o-the-o cupboard-o, but no, he actually spoke Spanish, and that ended up being, like, a plot point, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And then Chunk's character is that he's fat and dumb. Yep. Yeah. Cool. And Data's character is that he's Asian Asian stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I liked that his dad had the camera at the end. That was cute. Yeah, that was sweet. I like that Mikey and his mom both have that character trait of messing up words. I thought that was cute. I I thought that was fun once, and then I got real sick of it. Oh. I liked Josh Brolin as Brand, and I realized that Josh Brolin has always looked like he was 40. (laughs) Yeah, his face is exactly the same. He's the older brother? He's the older brother. Also, and apologies to him. He kisses weird. Did anybody else know that? He's doing, like, the weirdest thing with his mouth where he's like, uh, 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 uh. Like, he's opening his mouth. I did notice that. Where I was like, what are you doing? Maybe he's figured it out since. But what I think he was doing. Here's what I think he was doing. I think he was trying to kiss and not, like, do real kiss. Like, I think he was trying to, like, do stage kiss. Stage kiss, but, like, no tongue. So I think he was like, well, if I can't use my tongue, I gotta really get my mouth into this. He really did something very odd with his face. Yes. <laughs> during all Other that. than where I had been the entire movie. Oh. I don't know the timeline of Barbara Streisand becoming Josh Brolin's stepmom, but maybe he learned to kiss by watching his mom sing. Ah! Barbara Streisand does has a lot of mouth motion. Yeah, she does. Huh. By the way, here's something about me. Love Slayer. Also, huge Barbara Streisand fan. Not, there's nothing wrong with that. I know. Who, who would judge you on that? No one. They discover a map and they find out the name of this pirate that lived nearby. Uh, what was the pirate's name? One-Eyed, One-Eyed Willie. Willie. We want to comment on that at all? Nope. No? No. <laughs> no? His name's One-Eyed Willie? We don't need to talk about that. Penis? Yep. What? Is that where you were going? May have been. Steven Spielberg and Chris Columbus wrote this. There are some very juvenile jokes in there. And I don't hate it. Right. At all. Because they they wrote it for kids. Right. When I was was 13 and I put it together probably when I was 17. (laughs) One-Eyed... Oh, One-Eyed Willie funniest thing in the world. <laughs> I, I realized that I wrote this down because when they were in the attic, I, I wrote, man, this attic is full of exposition. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> they talk about like why there's a bunch of just crazy stuff in the attic. So they talk about why the dad has a bunch of stuff there. Mm-hmm. They find the map and they talk about what makes the map interesting. They randomly find this news article about uh, Benedict Cumberbatch or Cobblepot. Right. Yeah. They, they find this article about the guy who's trying to steal Willy Wonka's uh, secret everlasting gobstopper recipe. Here's a that little... Was, it was Cobblepot, right? That was the guy's name? Copperpot, yeah. Copperpot. Yeah. What, how old do you think Steven Spielberg was when he wrote this? Uh, early 30s? 39. Okay. Still making a lot of dick jokes at 39. Every, I, we make dick jokes. I know. Yeah. You never grow out of dick jokes. And you I'm just st- acknowledge that they're juvenile. And I'm still 39. Totally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, all right, and then I started this because I was like, all right, premise. It's one last adventure before rich people take their house away. Right? Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Then what happens? After that, they go, they start following the map. Uh, it takes them to the... After tying up the older brother. Yes, after tying up the older brother with his exercise band, which was weird and hilarious to see that he just was laying on the floor in the chair and his mom was like, you're, what are you doing? And just leaving him there. I, don't know I couldn't believe it. What sort of mother walks in and goes, oh, my son is clearly in distress and my other children are missing. I'm immediately calling the cops because I feel like someone broke in, tied up this guy, this kid, stole my other child, because I would never suspect children tied up the older brother. What happened? Like, and then she's just like, oh, how could you do this? And like, blame the older brother for it. I wrote, older brother got victim blamed. <laughs> A little bit. Um, but yeah, after that, they start looking for the treasure, and they go to the, whatever, that old restaurant, and the brother goes after them to start looking for them. Mm-hmm. And that's when we get introduced to the 
rich kid and then the two girls. The one, that's the girl that he likes, and the other, that's her friend. Andy and Steph. Andy and Steph, yeah. Carrie I did not Green, know Steph's name. Uh, yeah. Carrie Green and Martha Plimpton. Martha Plimpton is Steph. It wouldn't be an 80s movie if there wasn't a bully trying to actually murder someone. <laughs> because, I mean, the older brother could should have died. That was crazy. Yeah, with the... With the uh, car. The car and the bike. Yeah, and then yeah. he just like lets him go and sends the brother literally careening down a mountainside. Yeah. To where, you know, trees are. Like if the other, like if the brother had hit a tree, he'd be dead. Done. It's oh, important to right. note that <laughs> in the 80s, we were a lot tougher than you kids were in the yeah, 90s I mean, and the seem, 2000s. It doesn't seem all that insane to me that that's something that someone would do to someone else because I was, the neighborhood I grew up in when I was younger, like there were kids my age, but there were a lot of high school kids and they did all kinds of stupid shit. They would drag race down our street. I mean, I just, it didn't I, seem that crazy to me that I'm constantly that. amazed that I have friends who didn't die when I was in high school. <laughs> me too. That didn't like explode themselves or burn the house down because many of them set themselves up to do just that. I had a friend that used to throw fireworks on whoever was in the passenger seat of his car. Like those little spinning jumping jacks yeah, and stuff. Yeah, where you're like, what? what the fuck? Oh yeah. How would he like them? He would like them. And While driving. Them. Yes. And then... Just... Say that he was going to throw them out the window, but then just toss them on the lap of his passenger. So they see these rocks. They get to a crazy, weird restaurant thing. Yeah, like a seasonal place that's probably only open in the summer. That place was way beat up and run down for it to only be open seasonally. It could be something that used to be, you know? Unless this is like the Game of Thrones world and the seasons last for years. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's what it was. It, I, yeah, I mean, it could have been that, it, like, it's closed down. It used to be a restaurant that was probably only open seasonally or whatever. I did a comedy show at a theater in the area of Oregon where they shot a lot of the exteriors for the bike scene with Brand and some of the rocks and stuff. And my memory is that some of the stuff looked really kind of run down. Yeah, it could also yeah. just be that it's not that great of an area. Yeah. Also possible. Yeah. It's the probably... goondocks. The goondocks. Yeah. Goondocks. So then uh, Chunk just finds stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he just discovers, hey, here's this car that I saw on a chase earlier. I don't know how he... He was looking for food. Like he was hungry. So he was just looking through like the Pepsi thing and he wanted to go home because he was hungry. Yeah. I and... get that. But if he was so hungry, he had baby Ruth's in his pocket. That's true. Maybe he wanted something more substantial. Yeah, maybe he was like, I need a sandwich. Maybe he wanted something savory. <laughs> he looks like a savory bitch. Come on. The whole point of Baby Ruth is that they've got a little bit of savory, right? Because they've got oh, the peanuts in true. it. that's true. We skipped over the truffle shuffle. Yeah. That's yeah. like one of the things that this movie's known for. It kind of comes and goes and you're just like, Corey Feldman is a little shit. Yeah, Mouth is a horrible person. Oh yeah, he's a total dick. I mean, it's one of those things where when you're a child, you hang out with the other children. That's just how it goes. You don't really have a choice in the matter. But come on. Because I think I first saw Corey Feldman Feldman in Friday the 13th part 4 the final chapter <laughs> which I definitely should not have been watching at that age. Nope. The fact that he is playing kind of a dick in Goonies didn't faze me because I was mostly a Corey Feldman fan out of all the Goonies. Do you want to be one of Corey's angels? Oh god. We had tickets for Corey Feldman. They were right on this table and I just threw them away. We ended up not going to the show. I feel really bad about it. I, part of me would have loved to have seen Corey Feldman perform live. I bet it would have been something. I told you in the last episode how I ran into him and wanted yeah, to tell him that I yeah. liked him. Did that story make 
the final cut? I think it did it? I don't know. I think it did. Okay. I don't remember. Only the audience knows. <laughs> okay. I have like three stories. All of them are name dropping. So they'll just go through Perfect. every three episodes. Wonderful. We'll just uh, do it on a cycle. So Chunk can't get into the house, but all of the, like, Mouth got in. The mom gets in. Chunk just needs to wait for this gate to be opened by this amazingly cool, uh, what's it called? Rue, Rue uh, Goldberg Rue machine. Gold, yeah. I love a Rue Goldberg machine as much as anybody. I really, really do. This wasn't as good as the one in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, but it was True. pretty good. No, that might be another good movie for us to do at some point. You can't remake a Pee-wee Herman movie, movie without Pee-wee Herman. Uh-huh. I agree. Okay. What would be a Pee-wee Herman Big Adventure movie look like now? Well, they, they just they did, did one. Oh, did they? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I heard it was good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Joe Manganiello, is, is that his name? Yeah. Uh, Joe Manganiello. Joe Manganiello. Yeah, the one who's uh, married to Sofia Vergara. Yeah, he's yeah. in it, and he's I think great. they split up. Did they? Recently. Yeah. That's too bad. He oh, seemed cool, and she seemed cool. I like when cool people are together. Joe plays Dungeons and Dragons. So that, that makes him super cool in my book. He's Flash Thompson in the original Spider-Man movies. Oh. oh, yeah, that's... I believe those are his first movies. I believe those are, too. Uh, and then he's, like, Deathstroke or something. In, um, I think, Arrowverse. Okay. Yeah, no, he's good. He's always good at most of the stuff he does. I think he's fun. Truffle Shuffle. That's, like, a thing. Like, that's, like, one of the things I remember. And it's just Chunk raising his shirt and, like, ah, we're gonna laugh at you for being overweight. And it's just so we can get let in the... Anyway. And so then he spends the rest of the movie looking for food. Slash saving the day. Come on. Slash saving the day. No one can deny that, uh, Chunk's insatiable hunger doesn't save the day. Because it does. When they get to this weird creepy restaurant and decides hey maybe there'll be random things that I will put in my mouth and eat in this creepy shed I'm gonna open these weird rusted molt, like falling apart doors and I'm gonna eat what's inside okay alright I mean Kids if that's so weird I mean I used to explore all the time I'm sure I would have if I found candy bars in an old garage and I was if I found candy bars absolutely I would totally Done. eat it spoiler alert when you go to weird places in the 80s looking around you never find candy bars you always find porno magazines <laughs> <laughs> so we're at this weird restaurant and they discover the Figarellis? Fratellis. 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 Talk me through the Fratellis logic. Do they think that they're going to convince these kids that this is a restaurant? I think all they're really trying to do is scare them away. You know, I think it was the time where you just listened to adults. It didn't matter if they weren't your parents. And you didn't tell on adults either. So it doesn't make me think that they would have wanted to do anything really to them other than just scare them away. Oh yeah, I, I agree that they wanted to scare them away, but then they also brought them water and said, hey, I think kids. they were. I think what they were doing was just um, trying to figure out what to do with them initially. Wanted to know what they had seen. The note that I wrote was, uh, these kids have no sense of danger and mama is a moron. I don't remember having a sense of danger. I don't remember being scared by the Fratellis at all when yeah, you were a kid. Either. When I saw this. Yeah. Interesting. I wasn't either. I mean, I was scared of mama. Then that might be why this movie's PG. I think it's sort of like Coraline, where if you watch a movie like Coraline through adult eyes, you're like, whoa, this is really scary and sinister. Mm-hmm. But watching it through kids' eyes, you're, you're not as scared. That's not unreasonable. Because I found Goonies much more disturbing as an adult than I did as a kid. Yeah. Once uh, once we get past dead body number one and they're all freaked out and they get to dead body number two and they're just digging through it. <laughs> oh, yeah. man, let me get right up into this dead body. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Uh, hey, I found a key. Okay, so then the older brother shows up, and the two girls show up. Mm-hmm. The older brother makes sense because he was following them, and he probably figured out where they went. Mm-hmm. Were the two girls following the brother? The two girls were following the brother because they wanted to check on him, and also she says that the guy that was driving them adjusted the mirror to try to look down her shirt, and right. she was, like, mad at him. Yeah, we see that happen. Yeah, so she's... 
she's going to check on him. Good. Okay. And her friend comes. All right. That was the only question I had. Because uh, then the kids sneak back in after the Fratellis take off with, we assume, some other dead body. I don't know who they keep murdering. The kids uh, break back in and the brother goes in after them and the girls are going to leave. And then I wrote, and I was super proud of this, Deus Ex Pesca? Because it's not Deus Ex Machina. Oh, no. Ah, because Deus is, because Deus Ex Machina is... God is in the machine, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what the thing is. But and so it's God is in the fish. Uh, they step on the rake, comes up, oh, dead yeah. fish. And they're like, ah, and they run back in. Oh yeah, that's right. Deus, Deus ex pesca. Really proud of it, you guys. We're all patting you on the back. Yeah, <laughs> you guys can't hear it, but they are definitely patting me on the back, and it, it feels good. Wait, well, yeah, look outside. There's a parade. There's a oh, bunch of people. With... There's a big old parade. Oh, oh wow. They all have sand billboards. I love elephants. Oh wait, in... oops. Oh. Ew, they're protesting you. <laughs> oh no. That's not a parade after all. That's oh. all right. They're all in red hats, so I don't. Just their opinion. balloon in the power lines. That's so sad. That is sad. Huh. No, All the protesters died. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that must have been some balloon. Yeah. It was. It was one of those like well, floats. Deus Ex Pesca. So, uh, frat guy, evil frat guy bro, keeps singing when uh, Chunk runs out looking for the police and he runs into and we see the light turn on inside the truck as they're driving away. Mm-hmm. He just starts singing. Frat guy bro or Fratelli? Fratelli. Right. Evil frat guy bro is uh, the Fratelli who was in jail. Okay. That's, oh, that's I my see. name for him. Oh, okay. okay. I thought you were talking about the. Yeah, about, I thought you were talking about, about Troy. Hairpiece bro. Oh, no, 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 no. Not I Troy. You meant like. A bro, not not, not like Josh Brolin, and he just he just sings. It's weird. Yeah, that's his character trait. He sings. Maybe they did that to make the Fratelli seem a little less scary. Where Jake Fratelli likes to sing opera, mm-hmm. and Francis Fratelli doesn't want to admit that he wears a hairpiece. Yeah, give them cartoonish traits so that way they're not yeah, so scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we've also met Chunk, who's literally chained up watching TV. We've met Sloth. 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 Thank you. Sorry. Uh, were they feeding him just an entire plate of vegetables? That's what it looked like. It looked like a bunch of different stuff, like vegetables, fruit. Like, it looks like there were chunks of meat on there. It looked like a real sample pl- sample platter. It looked yeah. good. Like I was like, wow, this this guy's eating good. good. I mean, obviously they love him. Well, Mama loves Sort him. of. Yeah, I mean, I think they do, but I mean, they do have him chained up in a basement. Yeah. They're just taking care of him in a weird way. It's an interesting character flaw, because it's one of those things where he's family, we live and protect family, but at the same time, oh, this guy. What's the first thing that happens on the adventure after they dive into the tunnels? Well, they start, oh, they get underneath the new country club that they're building, and they start pulling all the pipes, mm-hmm. which is adorable, because they, like, pull the drinking fountain up and down and knock over one of the rich guys coming off the tennis court. I floor. don't know how this country club was built that their pipes loop around in a random underground <laughs> chasm like that. Well. Or why the plummers for the country club didn't find one-eyed Willie's treasure, treasure right? <laughs> sooner. Right? I, it's a odd. I don't know. Since it was literally just a straight path. There were some, like, traps, but still. Yeah. Oh, like, they do almost get knocked out by all the booby traps. The yeah. rocks falling. Booby traps. Yeah. Booby traps. You're supposed to say, that's what I said, booby traps. That's what I said, booby traps. Okay. It's a quote from the movie. Oh, that's data, right. <laughs> data, data says it. Data. Data? Data. Data. I remember it. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yeah, they do all Short that. round. <laughs> Is that who that was? Yes. Oh my god, it was, wasn't it? Oh yes. my god. I hated Short Round. In Temple of Doom. Oh, I don't like any of the even-numbered Indiana Jones movies. You're wrong. The odd-numbered ones are great. Listen, oh. Temple of Doom, and I I realize I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, Temple of Doom was my favorite Indiana Jones movie growing up. Interesting. I watched it all the time. Again, I didn't see any Indiana Jones movies until I was an adult. My mom watched all of them in front of me. Yeah, my parents didn't make me watch movies. The only movies I saw as a kid were like Disney movies and Disney Channel original movies. Oh, I saw Jaws and all that fun stuff. Yeah, my parents didn't show me anything. Well, that's probably because they knew better. They shouldn't Maybe. watch. But now there's all these movies like that. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like I got really scared of E.T. when I was a kid, so we mm-hmm. turned off and stopped watching. 
Mm-hmm. And I get that I get that impulse, but part of me was also is also like eh, maybe force me to watch it. But also, <laughs> you don't want to torture your kid. I get that. Yeah. Whatever. Um. So the different things are the rocks falling from the sky. Mm-hmm. They find one of which crushed Cobblepot, and then they yeah, just so get, they find his skeleton, and then they just dig into a skeleton. Well, they saw it, and then they were like, maybe this is another booby trap, or they didn't know who it was, or so they did dig into his corpse to find out who he was. And they also pulled on one of the pipes that just started blasting water. Yeah. And that's what cleared one of the walls away. They luck into a lot of what happened in this movie. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But, I mean, that's part of why it's exciting. Like, when you're a kid watching it, is you're like, oh my god, like, they're never gonna get out of here. And then, oh, this magical thing happens and they can keep going. Yeah, that is that is kind of a trope of kids' movies, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's magical to see that happen. It's exciting when you're a kid. And then, um, at, at this point, like, uh, Andy and friends name. Steph. 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 They're wandering away and all this, like, they're, like, they've been freaked out and Andy starts, like, saying to herself, like, maybe it's not a bad, big deal he was looking down my shirt. I have a good body, right? I have a good body. Maybe we should be talking about how good my body is. And I'm like, wow, minor trauma makes Andy cool with sexual harassment. Yeah. I'm like, that's one way of dealing with shock, but still. I watched a documentary on Steven Spielberg that was made around this time, and it kind of seemed like Steven Spielberg was the nerdy kid who was always making home movies and then got to make real movies and had no experience with women at all <laughs> until he got married. To the Kate love interest Capshaw. from Temple of Doom. Correct. Mm-hmm. I love that he found his wife in that movie. I don't think she's very good. Anyway. I believe they're divorced. They are. Oh, are they? Well, yeah. now I'm sad about it. Um, I think they're both better off. So I I'm, mean, presumably if they yeah. got divorced, then that must be true. Yeah, I'm sure he's cool with that. I'm not super surprised that Steven Spielberg is not really great at writing women. <laughs> Yeah. Aww. But, yeah, then they get to the one part where... Because they had Steph fall in, like, kind of, like, have a thing with mouth, which... Yeah. But they do have, um, once they get past the rocks and the skeleton, they do get to where the wishing well is. That's right, the wishing well. And they have an opportunity to escape, and then Sean Astin is like, no, guys. It's our time. It's our time. Our time is now, you know. Down here. Down here, yeah. We're the Goonies. Yeah, he does all of that, and everybody's like, yeah, no, we're gonna stay, and, uh, Andy gives uh, the jock guy his, his varsity sweater back. <laughs> Which was cute. It was cute and it was a good idea. And I didn't realize it was his varsity sweater until like they looked and saw his name. Yeah. Um. And I, like when that I realized that was ha- that happened. I was like, I bet it's cold down there. But she's got Josh Brolin now. So that I guess. Good. Well, she's got Josh. She's got both those kids. They literally, like, have this moment. The brother and Andy are, like, now all of a sudden, like, hey, we're going to start going out now. And then they all go off to pee. And then Andy calls him over. Mere moments after they just had this, ooh, this cool moment. His first sentence is, go see what she's ragging about, will ya? In fairness, he is in the middle of peeing. He is. However, I uh, I mean, I might be an adult and can recognize tone, but. I do think it, it's just uh, the writers of this movie didn't really know how to write, you know. And we're just kind of trying to write for what they thought. People, how people behaved, how kids behaved, <laughs> so. Steven Spielberg only wrote the story. Chris Columbus was in his 20s, 27 when he wrote this. That's not unreasonable. Yeah, that's not unreasonable. I don't know as much about Chris Columbus as I know about Steven Spielberg to comment on. I will say this about Chris Columbus writing romantic parts between leads. There's also the really strange scene in Gremlins when Phoebe Cates is talking about her dad dying horrifically during Christmas. That ends up being kind of a, uh, you know... Romantic scene. Yeah. Huh. It's, so... Yeah, he did. 
it's odd, but whatever. It's, <laughs> it's whatever. It's um, an odd scene, but it's fine. And then uh, this, this scene actually just came after, like, because it's the whole uh, Goonies never say die. She didn't say die. She said dead. But I, I decided to be a little shit. And I was like, I went online. I was like, I'm going to look at the script. I'm going to find how many times they say die. <laughs> and I, as soon as I typed in D-I-E, it said 12 instances. I was like, ha, 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 ha. But I was like, let me double check just to be sure. Like, steadied, carried. Uh, and so they kept being like, not, not, those are bad examples. But steadied is a good one. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and so it was like, oh, that was all of them. And so there was only one other instance of a Goonies saying that. There were two instances. One was uh, Mouth beginning reading the thing where it says, oh, it said they were going to die. That doesn't count. He was reading. Right. Goonies never say die. And then... Andy so legitimately, some, Goonies and, never and say Andy die. And Andy at some point says, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. And then they like calm her down. But at that point, she's not a Goonie yet. Yeah. Right. So legitimately, Goonies never say die. Ooh. Nice. So I was going to be a little shit about it, and I got proven wrong. All right. And so anyway, uh, most of these kids are poor, right? I got the feeling that maybe something had happened recently to make all their families fall on hard times. Cool. Because the houses seem pretty big and nice. Yeah. They did. It seems like the country club kind of came in and took over the town. and Like the town got Walmarted? Yeah. yeah. Like all the small businesses went yeah. away or went under or... Because it wasn't a very big museum the dad worked at. Mm. Um, the reason I ask is uh, Andy's mother has a Steinway. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought it was... She seems like she comes from the rich part of town. Yeah, I, I, thought, rich part of town? I yeah. thought Andy and Steph were both I couldn't from the rich part. Yeah. Okay, all right. Because she's wearing, you know, like, tennis like weird little tennis outfit? Yeah. So she probably plays tennis at the country club. That's fair. I gotta say, you gotta hand it to uh, One-Eyed Willie. He sets an elaborate trap once. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I felt that we're like, oh, this trap. It's like, oh my gosh, this boulder's falling and all the... Floor is falling away, or this like a national treasure, this rickety stairway, everything's coming crashing down. I'm like, okay, great. What is it? Early bird gets the worm, that the second mouse gets the cheese. Yep. All of these traps are second mouse gets the cheese. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that it's easy to get through once they're. Yeah, which was evidenced by the Fratellis strolling through. through. Yeah, right. Okay. Out of, I would have liked to have seen them on the water slide, which I don't think we see. No. No, we don't. <laughs> which water slides are always fun. <laughs> yeah. Except for the E. coli, but water slides are always oh, fun. Jesus. <laughs> so, Mike, do you want to tell us the story about the ship? About how they didn't let the kids see it? Yeah. Yeah, that's the infamous anecdote from it that when the kids actually see the ship for the first time in the movie is when they're actually seeing it for the first time. Or was supposed to be, um, because it wasn't. It Right, Mike, that was the Michael Jackson set visit, wasn't it? Or No. Okay, you may not know this story. Do you know the story? Here's the story. When the kids see the ship for the first time, when they turn around and see the ship and they have this, oh my goodness, huge reaction to the ship, that is legitimately supposed to be the first time they ever see the ship. They hit it, they built it, they didn't... They had the, like they set the kids up. They had them back into it so they didn't see the ship, so the kids could turn around and see the ship for the first time while they're filming and get the kids, honest to goodness, oh my god, look at that ship reaction. One of the kids, I don't know which one. We're gonna assume Corey Feldman. Yeah, yeah. He turned around and said, "Holy fuck!" Really? So they couldn't use the take, and they had to do it all again. So this huge setup, this whole big mystery of not letting the kids see the ship, and the take was ruined because one of them said the worst word. And so that's the story. Uh, like that's like one of the stories because they did this whole big elaborate thing oh. and it just failed. I never heard that story. Yeah, oh. that's that's oh. one of the stories from the Goonies. I love oh. that story because it's hilarious. Yeah, uh, best laid plans, right? Yeah, <clears throat> that ship really uh, held up for quite some time. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, kind of pristine. It's it's a really impressive ship considering how all of 
of the blood, gristle, marrow, muscle of just all these dead guys just melted away. No wood rot on the yeah. hall yeah. or anything like that. Just We're, like the sails are kind of shabby. The sails are kind of shabby. No wood rot, but the railings are rusty enough for someone to fall through. Yeah. Apparently. Why did you just use the door? Oh, why didn't I use the door? Why didn't I use the door? I should use the door. Why didn't I use the door? Oh, the stairs. The stairs. Yeah, the stairs. Dang. And then, uh, yeah, so then we get to see a bunch of dead bodies. Well, to be fair, we see a bunch of skeletons with knives and swords. We see so many dead bodies for a kid's movie. Like, a lot. I guess, I don't know, I didn't... I was very unfazed by the skeletons as a kid. The yeah. dead body in the that's, freezer upset me the most. I'm sure, because that's the remote, that's yeah. that's the one that I'm surprised they had. Like, because skeletons, you see skeletons in kids' movies all the time. Yeah. But that dead body? Oh, man. Yeah, that wasn't great. That uh, was upsetting. But then uh, uh, the kid has this big moment with where he's like, can I be alone in the room with One-Eyed Willie? Okay, sure. And he's like, One-Eyed Willie, you're the first Goonie. I'm like... This guy murdered everyone around him. Right. This guy's a literal mass murderer. You're the first Goonie. That's not the moment, man. Part of me wonders, too, that infamously they used real skeletons during Poltergeist because it was cheaper <laughs> to get them from, I guess, a medical lab than have yeah. fake ones made. I wonder if the skeletons and Goonies were the same also real ones real from ones. Poltergeist. Probably. They may have been. I don't know how well a skeleton keeps. I don't know how much it costs to make a pirate ship at a giant chasm of traps, but I imagine that that's where most of their money went. Anyway, moral of the story is adventure cures asthma. Right. Uh, It sure does. Uh, And then I wrote uh, Chunk Sloth is the best movie romance. Really? It really is. It's so sweet. And I love when he looks at him and he's like, You're coming home with me. You're going to live with me now. I'm going to take care of you. And it reminds me of the episode of Bob's Burgers with uh, Taffy Butt. <laughs> well, Taffy Butt episode is based entirely on Goonies. Goonies. Yeah, I know, but I just... To the point that when I was mm-hmm. listening to Cindy Lauper's song, which I forgot how much it was in the movie, yeah. uh-huh. I still hear Taffy Butt more than Goonies are good enough. Yeah, <laughs> I do head. too. Um, so then the movie ends... Uh, kids get rescued, the bad guys get arrested. Mm-hmm. And just like Back to the Future, the moral is that money is good and saves the day. Right. Uh, yeah. Which is a very 80s thing to do in yeah. a movie. It is. That being rich is how you win. And then the ship floats away and they're like, goodbye, what I believe, thank you for the adventure. That ship's still full of gold. Someone, I wrote this really big, someone go get the ship and all the gold. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is a little weird that they're like, oh, we'll just buy. But it's not I like the rest of these houses. Don't need your gold. You saved one, jewels. but rich guy's still rich. So what do you think the thesis of this movie is? Greed is good. Seems <laughs> <laughs> to be. It's Wall Street. Oregon style. Yeah. I mean, it's a bummer that it's just like money solves everything. <laughs> well, Cindy Lauper did famously sing money changes everything. Yeah, that's true. But I, I believe think, you. I love Cindy Lauper. Okay. I am. Um, I think what the, the moral of the story that they were going for is that, you know, if you stick together and you work hard, you'll come out on top eventually. You know, I think that's what they were going for. I mean, when you look at it as an adult, you're like, oh, no, like, you you missed the mark on that. But I think as a kid's movie, when you're a kid watching it, you see it and you're like, yeah, yeah all I have friendship. to do, yeah. yeah, like, my friends yeah, are going to have my back and my family and... You know, if we work together and we try hard enough, we can achieve anything. I still don't like this movie, but I'm glad you guys like it. 
I, we both grew up with it. I think yeah, that makes yeah. a big difference. Absolutely. Because that's the thing. I think there are a lot of these movies that I think it just live on nostalgia. Like, I don't know if you saw the movie Anastasia when you were a kid. Mm-hmm, I did. And you probably liked it when you were a kid. I did. Don't watch it as an adult. I have seen it as an adult. How'd you feel? I mean, I still liked it. Right. That's the thing. But, um, but the... I also know the real story yeah. that the movie's based on. So I know, like, it's not really her. The best part of the movie was Rasputin in the back. Oh, yeah. Rasputin's great. That's the thing about these movies. Like, we see them as kids. Space Jam, for me, is probably the equivalent of this movie. Space Jam is probably not a good movie. But I saw it as a kid, and I could sit down and watch that movie right now. Mm -hmm. Because I love that movie. When you saw my copy of Goonies, because I have the deluxe anniversary Blu-ray that comes with the Goonies board game, I think you said something along the lines of, that's too much Goonies. I did say that. You're wrong. There's never enough Goonies. I think you're right. This is a movie for kids. And with that in mind, I have an idea for it that I don't know if you guys will go along with. I think you both are probably on the same page more. So let me just throw this out. Is this like my Pixar idea? As one idea, maybe. All right, let's hear it. My idea is that it is a direct sequel with the kids of the original Goonies trying to find a new treasure to save Astoria again and... The one-eyed Willie pirate ship, because obviously they go get it back and all the gold, which has become a tourist attraction. But it turns out that there is no additional treasure. It's just Mouth as an adult trying to drum up more interest his way through marketing. At this point, I don't know if I'd feel safe if Corey Feldman tried to lead me into a cave. Well, I think the idea is that Mouth has a lot of charisma. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. No one can take that away from him. Mm-hmm. Or my second idea, which I don't think you guys will like even more so, is sort of my human centipede idea. Whoa. Where one of the human centipede movies, sequels, is based on the idea that someone saw the first human centipede and thought it was real. So my second idea would be a group of kids saw Goonies, they happen to live in Oregon, and they search for the real treasure because they believe that Goonies was based on a true story. I'm more into that. Really? Especially Especially if they like they have Goonies the board game and they use the board game as their actual map. Right. Mm-hmm. Because the original and this is why I came up with that idea, because the entire cast of the original said that there will never be a Goonies 2 because Richard Donner is 87 years old. He hasn't made a movie since 2006. So it's fair to say that Richard Donner has retired. He wrote a really the forward or the afterward for one of my clients books. Oh, OK. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Mm -hmm. But he's retired, so he's not going to make another Goonies, so the cast will not make another Goonies without him, or so they say. That's fair. Yeah. So I came up with this idea because we wouldn't have to have any of the original cast. I personally like the idea of the first one better, of the original cast coming back as parents. So the B story is the parents trying to find the kids, find their kids, and we get to revisit them and find out uh, stuff like... Chunk, uh, much like Jeff Cohen in real life, is a lawyer and the most successful one. And I, I do think that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, when we were talking about Joe Manganiello, I was thinking he would make a great sloth. He because he would. also looks a little bit like John Matuzek. Here's my question for you, because I have a question about this pitch. Are you interested in having it be like, well, flash forward, the kids have turned into adults, and we're seeing what's happening as the, their kids go on the story. Much like many a movie that have come before. Or are you saying, let's turn this movie around and put it, it's like the exact same time, exact same time frame, but we're seeing the movie from the parents' perspective. Because we don't see the parents at all during this movie, and we're seeing what's happening, what the parents are doing, while their children are missing for a day. Well, the little bit we do see the parents in the original, they're kind of inept. Yeah. 
A lot so of I don't think this, a, a lot of people in this movie are inept. Uh, a lot of the adults. I I don't think a movie from the adults from the parents' point of view would be that interesting. I I think that, the that's Goonies, why I'm right? The Goonies from the original as adults as the B story. This would be a because the way movies are made now. If Goonies two, the new generation, ended up making money, then Goonies three would be right around the corner in two years. That's so true. Goonies two would sort of be like the Force Awakens, where we have. The cast of the original, we have Harrison Ford passing the baton to Daisy Ridley, basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about that, because even if we do that it's the parents and their kids, we have to talk about what the what Goonies is. Because at the end of the day, adventure aside, Goonies is, a, is kind of about poor people versus rich people. That's true. And it's, like Allison said, a story about how friendship triumphs. Right. So I think the story about how friendship triumphs is the most important, but I think like the, an underlying theme, which all movies have, uh, is going to be a, a little bit more uh, weighing heavily on like the, the, the poor people versus the rich people thing. Cause... And that's what this could be if they were the kids, that there isn't that much of an interest in the original One-Eyed Willie thing because it happened in 1985, and now there are bigger... There are six flags coming around. Those are the tourist attractions, not some little independent... I think it'd be more interesting if it's like you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain kind of thing. These people had One-Eyed Willie's treasure. They go and they get the ship and that's their gold. Now they're the rich people. And I'd like to see it if like their kids are the snotty rich kids and now like the people who they're kind of forcing out are the ones who have to take them down. Or the kids are like... parent. My, our parents are so obsessed with money because they found this thing with money when they were kids... We have to go on an adventure to find, like, to, so we can either put it back or we can get our real parents back so that they're not so obsessed with money anymore and, they're, and they they fall in love with adventure again. I like that idea that of the kids have grown up rich and we need to show that, unlike the original Goonies, money isn't the thing that matters right. at the end of the day. I, I like that idea. The problem is that at that point we're talking sequel, not remake. Right. No, yeah. I'm, I'm always talking sequel on this one. Okay. All no, right. I'm not talking a re. I don't see a remake. That's the thing. I also don't see a remake. I think Goonies is made for a reboot or a a sequel. I think you'd have such a hard time doing a reboot because well, I mean, a, a reboot a... through being a sequel. Because like, if you were to do a reboot, it'd be like the whole all right, uh, GPS tracking, finding the place, right? And data would be would just be covered in devices. Yeah, and I like the idea that data is running a tech company now. Yeah. If we have to... I think I think Data is our Steve Jobs. Right. If we're sticking to the source material that Data is a very crude Asian stereotype of gadgets and whatnot and broken English, then let's make him an Asian Steve Jobs. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Great. I mean, I and I'd love it if in, the, like, in this sequel, since it's not a remake, it's a sequel, we're already breaking our premise on episode two, but whatever. I didn't think we were... Yeah, I know. We're not going to stick to it that hard. I was thinking of it as a remake. Oh, you were thinking of it as a remake? What did you have for a remake? tell us. Well, so I'll tell you um, kind of what I thought, because I realize, like, technology is such a real thing now, and, I mean, there's no way you could make it with by ignoring it. My idea was to remake it around the housing crisis... So, so it's taking place in the present, so not in 1985. Correct. Well, so in 2008. Yeah, in 2008. So okay. recent past. Yeah, I. That's a good idea. That it that it's taking place during the housing crisis, and these kids and their families are getting booted out of their town because everyone's getting their homes foreclosed on, and it is still kind of a blue collar town. And technology does play a part in it. Maybe the thing with data in this one is that he's trying to take his old electronics and update them so that they're cool, like new, more modern electronics. Like he's being like his is the he's Radio Shack and he's being outmoded by like people buying things online. Like, yeah, 
he ran the old giz- gizmo shop. I'm going to stick with Allison on this because I like this idea. I love the idea of putting it during the housing crisis. Can it be a sequel but set in 2008? I mean, it can be, but I wrote down like my ideal cast. Keep for going. It. Okay, based go ahead. On, yeah, go based ahead. on go. the original. You're character. our guest, Allison. Okay. Be our guest. So, Be our <laughs> pay Disney for this song. Um, Sam, so, you're the one who took musical theater. Right? I am. Why can't you sing? I'm toned up. I can. Be our. Tell us some more stuff. <laughs> okay. So um, I just called it Goonies 2020. Uh-huh. I don't know why. Um, but for the two rich guys, I thought Alec Baldwin and um, Kevin Spacey would be good villains who are like from the bank, there to collect money, um, just because they're kind of scary. So instead of the Fratellis, we no, have. No, 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 no. Like, oh, no, you know, uh, the two guys who are like. Oh, okay. Troy's dad yeah. and his Troy's buddy. dad and his uh, like, yeah. partner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those two, like, I think they're good at being rich, menacing guys. Um, the Fratellis, I thought um, Mama could be played by Roseanne Barr. That would be good. That would be good casting. Yeah. And then the two brothers, um, Jake would be. Um, Bobby Cannavale. Yeah. And I don't know who that is. Bobby Cannavale's in The Station Agent. And oh, okay, I know who that is. Yeah. And, um, Bobby Cannavale is so funny. Effing Great. amazing. I love Bobby yeah. Cannavale. And uh, Charlie Man Day. crush on Charlie Day. Charlie Francis. Day is Joey Pants. I yeah. like that. Interesting. I thought they would be really great in those parts and and be silly yeah i think they're both actors who are funny enough that they could be sinister but not too sinister because they're both funny people funny funny guys although in boardwalk empire bobby cannavale is pretty scary yeah but we also like i've seen him in spy and he's really funny in that so and i think charlie day he's crazy on it's always sunny so finding him to be sinister and ridiculous is great like he'd be a great joey pants i think and I, I do think Roseanne Barr would be great because she's great at yelling, and I think yeah, I, don't know, I think she'd be fantastic. Yeah, I think Roseanne Is Barr. Is it would possible be awesome. to cast the kids, or do we need to rely on so undiscovered kid talent? Because Stranger Things reminds me so much. Of, so you did do what I, I said. You just went through everyone so, on Stranger Things. Yeah. So here's how I cast it. Um, all the kids is um, Noah uh, Schnapp, who plays Will is Mikey. Um, What's the racial diversity like on Stranger Things? All white and one black. So, yeah. Noah Schnapp, who plays Will, who's the kid who goes to the, um, she's Winona Ryder's kid. Sure. He plays Mikey. Mouth is played by Finn Wolfhard, who's the uh, Mikey on yeah. <laughs> Stranger Things. Well, that's the thing, because the kids in Stranger Things are obviously playing off the I, the, the Goonie kids. So I... Yeah. And then Caleb McLaughlin, who's the black kid on Stranger Things, is Data. I thought of course it would he be... is. Well, I thought it would be... I mean, if you're going to make him a stereotype, like, I think it would be good to have him be, like, a techie kid. The black nerd is a stereotype, too. I, yeah, but I would I say this. If we're going to it. make it a remake, I think Albert Desai from Fresh Off the Boat is probably oh, really is. good. Yeah, he's probably I really haven't good. really watched Fresh Off the Boat, but he played the son in The Trophy Wife. He he's was funny. really funny. He's super funny. He's yeah, he might be a bit younger than the other kids. Well, let's talk about what The Goonies is. Because The Goonies is kids going on an adventure to rationalize the world crumbling around them. I think placing it in 2008, like you said, is exactly what it needs to be. And I think the idea of these kids like having to go on this adventure before they have to go live in their car. I'm not even necessarily opposed to them finding treasure. Because I think part of what makes this so appealing to kids is, oh my god. Yeah, they actually They actually treasure. found something. I think if we were making this for adults, no, there wouldn't be a treasure. But if we're making this for kids, we have to. I also think that my um, Michael Fassbender should be sloth because he did that movie Frank. 
Oh. With the huge head, and I—he yeah. did act really well. Yeah, and I just—I think he would be um, a great sloth. I really do. It's probably not incorrect. He probably yeah. would be pretty great. Michael Fassbender is a phenomenal actor. Yeah, and he—I heard him on a podcast before. He seems like a cool dude. Yeah, I, he does. I, I listened to that the nerdist interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I so that. I do. I think he would be really. I think he'd I would be, be great. I might say I would rather have him. I don't know where I would put Michael Fassbender in this. I'm picking someone that I happen to know, but there's an actor named uh, Bill Cott, uh, who is... Did you ever see uh, The Ringer, the movie? Yes. Bill Cott is in The Ringer. He's the the larger mentally handicapped guy. Mm-hmm. He's also in This Is Us as the mailman. Yeah. He's really, really good. And since Sloth already is going to be covered in prosthetics... I don't think you need to necessarily worry about how old the actor playing Sloth is. Yeah. I actually think Bill would be really good for the character of Sloth because I think he plays those kinds of characters really well. Michael Fassbender is one of those people who has always been and will always been cool. Yeah, but I think one of the things that sticks out to me regarding Sloth is that he's very strong. Mm-hmm. Like, he has huge arms. Like, he's a really strong yeah. guy. And I think that Michael Fassbender can do that, too. Look really strong and, and also you know, have the prosthetics on and not really worry all that much about. If we are going ideal remake, then Michael Fassbender is going to get more people. That's true, but we haven't talked director or writer yet. Right. All right. So, and so I think that that's what we need to do. Like, I think it needs to be this world crumbling around it. And so I think we can literally take this as just a pop-up cookie cutter home, suburbia, like all the houses are the same. Yeah. And I think that would be funny. Like, they go from one house to another, and it's literally, like, the same design of the house. Just mm-hmm. one's a mess, one's full of tech stuff, one's this one, that. And it's literally just the same set. Because I think it's funny if we see more than one house. Yeah. And I think it'd be like, well, they didn't even do any excavation. They just, like, built these houses on a hill just because they could, because they could get the loans and the money, and it was just to get it more mortgages. Yeah. Um, and so I think it could be, well, what was here first? Well, what, what can we say it's old pirate treasure? Because what that really did was that hit, like, if you want to have a predominantly white cast, you put it in middle America. But, um, the, where, where would, would you set this in Oregon still? Where would you put this? I think I would still set it in Oregon just because the landscape is great. And because I think the idea of underground caves in a place like that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, cause I think if you did it like in the desert, it might be tricky. I think you're right. I think what we could do is we could set it on the East coast instead of doing pirates. You could do Vikings. That's true. I mean, well, you could definitely change it up in that way. But why? The change just for a change? I mean, kind of. Hmm. I don't. But then it feels like something completely different and not so much a remake of... So you think it needs to be Pirates? Yeah. I mean, if we're making a remake of Goonies, then let's stick with some of the stuff that Goonies is known for. Yeah. The only reason why I would say Vikings instead of Pirates is because Pirates killed a lot of people. And so did Vikings. So so did Vikings, but Vikings weren't necessarily always the bad guy. But Goonies is about finding pirate treasure and... There's, some, there's yeah. something special for kids about pirate treasure yeah. in there. Yeah. I've never heard anyone going to look for Viking treasure. That's true. I was just yeah. trying to come up with a different place to set yeah. it, but okay. it, it must, you're right. It must yeah. be the West Coast. It must be pirates. Yeah. Let's not fix what isn't broken. You're right. Yeah. Pirates, and so it's just the same sort of thing. The one thing I think you have to rely on is I think you have to rely on practical effects. Absolutely. Oh, yes. I think that doing too much digital um, makes it look way too fake. I agree. And I I love seeing what people can do, you know, with maybe, you know, minor CG Mm -hmm. and mostly practical effects. I think Bill Cott, looking at him, and he was in Galaxy Quest as well. That's a Super funny guy. I don't know that he's the right body type for a sloth. And I agree, muscular. I think Fassbender is too wiry. Mm -hmm. I since he 
came up a couple of times. Why not Joe Manganiello? Oh, that's right, Manganiello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 he could definitely do it. Be perfect. And he's super funny in the um, new Pee Wee movie, so I definitely yeah. think he could. Great, perfect, super likable. I think kids on set would get along with him great because oh, yeah. he's a big kid himself. Yeah, absolutely. And okay, who would direct and write this movie, or direct who direct who would write? I think you, you like who you could honestly get the writer from Stranger Things. I was just going to say the yeah. brothers from who are they? The Duffer brothers? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think the writers from Stranger Things would have a great idea of how to write these kids and their story. Yeah, because obviously they love the Goonies. Yeah. It's like oh, not, yeah. not even a question. And then... Yes, the Duffer Brothers. Okay. The Duffer Brothers from Stranger Things, they have an affinity for 80s culture. They've shown that they've done it really well with Stranger Things. And the way that Hollywood goes, you get to do your cool thing on your own and then you get to take the over big a big blockbuster. franchise. Which right, this great. would become a franchise. Who would direct? Them. They wrote and directed. Oh, did they? Stranger Things. Yeah. Right? Let's stick with that then. Yeah. Yeah, I think they would be fantastic. I, I think instead of casting all of the kids from Stranger Things then, because then people are just like, oh, you just do that. Well, the problem is by the time we do, like, by the time this movie gets made, I think they'll be too old. Right. True. I think the kid who plays Dustin, though, um, who I had as Chunk, his name's uh, Gaten Matarzano, he would be great as Chunk. Probably. Because he has such an interesting, unique look, and... He, you know, he's double jointed and, you know, has all those crazy things about himself that make him so unique and so fun. I do think that he could still play Chuck. I think we need a girl in there too, though. I think we do too. I, I, I would say him from Stranger Things and the black kid as Mouth. I think he has a lot of charisma and had a lot from what I remember about Stranger Things, which is weird that I don't totally love it, even though it's it. clearly a show that's made for yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, by, by, I would probably be best friends with the Duffer Brothers. I don't know why I don't love Stranger Things as much as everyone else. But I remember that kid having the best lines. Yeah. And then I would, I feel like the other two have to be girls. Yeah. Because, and I don't know who those girls would be. Mm-hmm. But, I, and I think it's better if they're like undiscovered new people. But the reason being is because I think it's better if it's four younger kids. And I don't think we necessarily need the older brother and the two ladies. Yeah, I mean, you don't necessarily need it. I think if you did cast it, though, I would just cast it the same way as Stranger Things with um, the guy who, what's his name? Right. That, Joe that's, Keery and Natalia Dyer and Shannon Purser. That's part of the problem. I think that, I think because... They're exactly those characters that that's in, exactly, in exactly. Stranger Things. I think there's something weird and a little creepy about Mikey the way he talks to Willie and there's a a girl actor who I think pulls off weird really well and I would like to see her do something other than what she has so far been typecast doing and that's Lulu Wilson from the Annabelle Creation movie. She is and I, great. She's right. in Ouija, Origin of Evil. Perfect. I think she's a phenomenal actress because to do horror you really have to sell the horror so the audience yeah. will believe it. Yeah. And she's often the lead in these kind of things. Yeah, she was the lead uh, in both. She's in Deliver Us from Evil. It, and um, it looks like she's done a little bit of stuff that isn't horror that I'm not familiar with. But put her in the Mikey role. Well, yeah. the reason why I think it's important to get a couple other girls here is because part of what makes Goonies what it is, it's like, hey, new romance, new young love. Mm-hmm. But the two girls that are there, they're great. I enjoy them. But they're not... They're, yeah, there's not a whole lot that they're bringing. And, yeah, and they're, even, even the older brother doesn't really contribute all that much. Right. I think no. it needs to be these four kids. And if, there need, and if there must be young love, it should be among them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're 10-year-olds. Yeah, if you just smash all of like the, all those characters kind of together. Yeah. And, yeah. I that I never thought of that. I agree. That's, I agree. That team I like of four. That. Yep. I like that a lot. I like that idea a lot. 
cool. Because it's also less characters you have to remember while you're right. watching the movie. Right. And especially as a little kid, you don't remember every single person. And I'm sure a little kid isn't in love. I mean, I'm sure a little girl might have been in love with Andy and Steph, but that's because that's all you had. Yeah. If I do. Th- I, I agree. I definitely think that would be great. If this girl from Annabelle something is, is in it, I think that's you get. And I think and if you make her great. and if you make Mouth... Like the the bossy girl kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to make Mouth a girl? Yeah. What um? Can you think of any? I can't, but I'm perfectly happy making that someone we don't know yet. Any? I like the little girl from what's that show you watch with um the Marie from Breaking Bad and has uh Colin Hanks in it about the family and uh oh she's really she's very funny she's very sassy and she's kind of the boss in the house and she's the youngest daughter perfect that's exactly what we want from the tv series life and pieces ah yeah yeah the youngest daughter from life and pieces who outsmarts everyone everyone they have an episode where they're trying to see who can put the smallest carbon footprint uh, on the world from the family. And it turns out that she conned everyone else into taking her trash for her. Perfect. She That sounds like the exact right person to right. Right now. Her name is Giselle Eisenberg. And she does a lot of heavy lifting in that show, she too. She does. Great. Which is very funny. an ensemble show with a lot of great actors. And she holds her own with it. Perfect. I think she would be great as mouth. I think that's our movie. We have yeah. our writer-director. We have our cast. We kind of have the underlying themes of what's going on because we're all mm-hmm. familiar with 2008 and kind of what was going on. Yeah. We have this idea of like recapturing your childhood as the world crumbles around you and surprising to any adult watching the movie, succeeding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at that point, it's just a matter of just coming up with a crazy series of clues and hints and tricks. So what should we call it? If it's taking place in 2008, we can't call it Goonies 2020. I know. So <laughs> Goonies... I mean, we had we didn't do that for did we do that for RoboCop? Did we say RoboCop and then like the new generation or something? I don't know what we. Call I mean, it. at this point, it's a remake. It's just yeah. called the Goonies. Yeah. Okay. So we have made our ideal remake of Goonies. Yay. With the help the of our Goonies. guest, Allison Hood. Yay! Yay! Allison, where can people find you online? What would you like to promote? Future Allison Bobbitt. Future Allison Bobbitt. Um, I'm on. Instagram and Twitter uh, as at Allison Hood, A-L-L-Y-S-O-N-H-O-O-D. And I'm on Facebook and I have a website and an Instagram and a Twitter for, um, called Holly Woes. Uh, so you can follow my Holly Woes Perfect. <laughs> Instagram where I just take pictures of all the garbage that happens because we live in Hollywood. And um, my website has some blogs and other And that's ho- uh, hollywoes.com. Hollywoes.com. Woes spelled W-O-E-S. That is correct. Hollywoes.com. Yes. Mike? And I, as always, am found everywhere at Off The Mic on the YouTubes and the other places on the webs. <laughs> and I can be found at my name, Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H. And thank you all for listening to Ideal Remake. And thank you to Rebel Spies for doing our theme music. Yes, thank you Rebel Spies for doing our theme music. And thank you, Allison, very much for being our guest. And Thanks thank you again me. to Lindsay Laris. Uh, Laris. Laris. We'll find Lindsay, out. we're going to find out how to pronounce her when name. Lindsay's a guest, she'll tell us how to pronounce her name. Yes, for doing our artwork, too. And Perfect. next time, we'll be talking about Demolition Man. That's with right. With my writing partner... DJ Dangler. He's number one. one. Daddy was right about the treasure in.